This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Hey, struck out. goes down. That's eight strikeouts. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. First pitch to him, line back up the middle, but there is Franco to the left of the bag. He turns and throws him out, and the Rays have won it in Atlanta. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest show, perhaps the first tough week of the 2023 season for Tampa Bay. On the program this week, we will chat with Christian Bethencourt about what makes this year's group special. Doug Wechter of Valley Sports Sun will join me to discuss the week on by. We'll also discuss why the Rays have been one of the game's top teams offensively with the Rays hitting coach. That's Chad Matola. Plus, we'll discuss playing 29 games in 30 days with one of the team's strength and conditioning coaches in Joey Greeny. We continue on This Week in Rays Baseball, and our feature guest this week is uh, Christian Bethencourt. Christian, thanks so much for a few minutes. Ah, thank you for having me, always. Tell me what it's meant to be on this club the way this group has played so far this season for you. Um, we're off to an incredible start. Uh, as in right now, we're playing great baseball. Um, seems like everything clicked together right away since day one, and... And you know those are those are the things you expect from a group, from a team, and that's how you want to. I'm sure that's how everyone wants to start the season. And um, I think we have done a extremely uh, great job of keeping up with the same pace, and hopefully we can carry on until late in the year. You've been playing this game for a while. Has this been as much fun as you've had as a major leaguer? This is definitely the most fun I ever had. Um, even when I'm not playing, it's fun, you know. Uh, even when I'm not playing, I'm, I'm up there for my teammates. We're sharing on them and, you know, just just being happy for their success and make me want to get back in the lineup and just be as good as they are. And, and you know, that's, that's just not me. That's just how everyone feels in this ball club. Has this been as together a group as you've been part of? And why do you think this group is so together? The, I think the, the reason our success is that we're having not just fun, we're having a lot of fun. And, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that translates with the way we play, the way uh, we, we come back in games, the way uh, we find ways to score some runs. Uh, sometimes we don't have the homers, we don't have the doubles, but we have Siri on the bases, we have Frank on the bases, we have Randy on the bases. And, you know, uh, all those little things that makes our group very special and, uh, you know, we can do multiple teams to win a game, not just by hitting. I mean, homers, don't get me wrong. This is the most, far, the most by far, the most fun part in the game. But, um, but you know, watching guys, like I mentioned, Siri run the bases, that's a lot of fun. 
it seems like a big family. Um, how much of what you guys did in Orlando, the way they switched up the lockers and they made sure to mix players from different parts of whether they're English-speaking or Spanish-speaking, had all of you together, how much do you think that's paid off now? It doesn't have a price because uh, the way um, Latin players and American players were as together as we are right now, you wouldn't expect that, you know, as, as if you see it in the locker room and and having pictures, uh, having full conversations, sitting down, having lunch or dinner with a position player. That's that just means a lot because we we showing them that we understand them, that we care about them and they're showing us that we understand them and, and, and that we care for them, too. How much do you also think that the WBC experience helped a lot of you guys, because I look at all the position players who are playing well, and most of you were in the WBC. Um, it, it, I mean, you can't compare WBC with a regular season game, and you know the 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 atmosphere, the intensity that you, the ones that we experience in the WBC is way far from, let's say, our game last night, and it was a great game that we had last night. And you know, but the like, I, like I just say, the fans, the atmosphere, the meaning of representing your country, that puts a little bit, always a little extra. And I think we did a really good job on translating the energy we brought from the WBC to the first couple of games of the season, and then we just carry on into that. Did that intensity make you more ready for regular season games? Yeah, because because uh, you you spec every game to be that intense, that hard, and then if you practice and, and you have that mentality, the game is going to get a little easier because you're expecting a lot mentally and you, you're expecting a lot from the game that, you know, when you're in it, then you prepare for all those big situations and then when they come, you already prepare for them, you already thought about it, and then it comes a little easier. Did that WBC experience live up to all of your expectations? I know it meant a lot for you to finally wear that uniform. And yeah, it exceeded it, it, it all the expectation and more. You know, uh, it was everything I expected for. It was everything I, I wanted to be in. And, you know, uh, personal for me and my country, we didn't make it to where we wanted, but we accomplished more than we, we thought we could. When the Rays played the Yankees, Mariano Rivera was there, who of course also is from Panama. Did you get to speak to him at all? And what has he meant to you even starting your baseball career? I did not get a chance to see him. Uh, I saw him in the pictures that he was there. I did not know. Um, that day I didn't come out uh, for the game, uh, for practice, so I didn't get to see him. But I did saw him in the WBC when we started against uh, Taiwan, and then he was a uh, uh, opener ceremony. So did he inspire you? Who, And if not, who from Panama inspired you when you got started in baseball? Uh, I, it was my grandpa. Uh, my grandpa, the... You know, I, I think I mentioned to you guys that he passed away uh, in January, and you know he was the one that always wanted me to be a baseball player. He always wanted me to be in baseball, and you know I, I give my grandpa all the credit. And that's the number you wore for Team Panama was because of your grandpa, right? The day yeah, he I wore number 22 because of my grandpa. Yeah. And uh, Jose Siri has it now, so he knows at some point if. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't want. I didn't want to take it from him. I didn't ask him for it, and I wasn't gonna. And you know, I, I know my grandpa. Um, that's not what he would want it. He knows I have him in a very special place, and and you know, just by wearing his number, 
in the Panama uniform, it was it was good enough. And, and I know you have that still, right? Yeah, I see. I have it, and my dad's going to have one at his house so he can hang it on the wall. That's incredibly awesome. You seem so comfortable here. When did you first feel truly comfortable? Because it seems like with each day, you feel even more of a, a comfort level as I, as I see you. Uh, it came uh, when, when I got traded, 20 minutes later, uh, Cash called me, uh, Aaron Yander called me, and they just transmitted me that comfort level of comfortness, peaceful, and that they were going to trust me enough to me and show up every day and have fun and, and just be myself, and that's, that's being a big part of it. What has it meant to catch as much as you have? Because I know... There was a time where you were a big league catcher. You then became a big league utility. They put you on the mound, and here you're getting that chance to catch as much as you are. Um, he he mentioned it to me when, when he gave me the call. The first time I spoke to him on the phone, he was like, hey, you, you come here to catch. He's going to take some time. We're going to get you ready. And, and you know, we 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 expecting some things from you, and, and you, we know you can do it, and we'll give you a time. And that's just how it went. Has it been easier or harder to catch with a clock? Um, I'm, I'm used to it now. By now, um, I know I see a lot of guys that are that are not used to it, but uh, hopefully, those few guys that are still not ready with the clock, like they'll get back with it. Because some guys say it's the games are shorter, so you can concentrate better. Um, some guys, you know, don't like to be rushed. How does it help you? Um, by pr- pretty much by not thinking about it. I, I try not to think about it. I try just to get everything. Uh, I try to get everything, uh, give the signs earlier, get the signs from the bench earlier, and then I give, I put everything out there. The pitcher knows what he's going to throw. I know what I'm going to call, and you know, I'm giving my pitcher enough time. You guys have so much responsibility because of all the different pitchers this group uses. Do you feel like you know? I know there's some new guys they've brought in, but do you feel pretty comfortable overall with the group and all this stuff here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Last night I got to caught uh, Sack and uh, Jake, and those are the guys that never caught before, and I think they did amazing. Uh, especially Jake uh, uh, Dickman from you know being a guy knowing that struggle with 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 throwing strikes, and yesterday he did phenomenal. I know the homer that's part of the, that's part of the game, but uh, I think they were great, and I'm. I'm very super controlled with our pitching staff, and I'm glad that those are guys that they trust me. I always think that, you know, catchers, you guys are a unique group. How close are you with Frankie, and how much has Tomas meant to you this year since you have uh, have been working with him? Uh, me and Frankie, we have a great, uh, great relationship. We, we come from uh, Winter Bowl, and, you know, we know each other, and, and we have fun. We don't have that competition going from I want to be the starter, I don't want to be the bench player, and, you know, their catch and the coaches, they do a really good job by alternating us, and, you know, we, we, we're comfortable, we're happy with the, uh, with the game time that we're getting, and, and we, we, we're doing our best uh, the weekend, I feel the pitcher's comfortable and do our best on the field. And Tomas, because you obviously you have a new coach there this year. Yeah, and Tomas, Tomas has been great. Tomas, uh, I have nothing but great things to say about Tomas. He's been as helpful as anybody can be. Christian, we've touched on uh, the Rays family, the players, in terms of how close you guys are, but also touch on how important your family is to you. I saw your family with you in, in New York City, and I've seen them around the ballpark uh, fairly frequently. I'm um, having my kids, my wife, uh, 
my my parents will probably come out later in the year uh, but having them here uh, get the kids to experience all uh, this baseball family thing uh, it's just fun you know they get to travel they get to visit different places they probably doesn't know because you know they're so young but but you know just me by speaking personally having my family here means everything to me I get to see them every day uh, last year I didn't have the chance to have them all season with me because they have uh, visa issues but this year uh, thankfully they're here and and I can't be any more happy was there one place? I mean, I know they were with you in New York. Was that extra special to have them with you in the Big Apple? Uh, yeah, last year they came to New York uh, and they came twice to Tampa. Once uh, they we resolved the visa issue and and you know it's it's just my wife. She loves being in New York and and you know she's always gonna pick this place to come and and spend some time. For this team to get obviously where you want to go at the end of the year, what types of things need to continue? We we need to continue being positive. I mean, other than our performance on the field, other than the numbers, with the, some of the guys, the video games numbers that some of the guys are putting up, um, and you know, trusting each other, and we need to carry. To me, we need to carry more, the trust in to, into each one of our teammates, into you know, be positive that. Even if we have a bad game, the game is going to give you another chance. It can be tomorrow, it can be the next day, it can be the next series. You can have a bad series, but then you have two good ones and no one will remember the bad one you had. And, you know, uh, I think we, we need to carry the, the trust, trusting in each other and, and being positive. That's, that's what's going to take us to where we want to go. The one thing that I too noticed too is that you guys are a very relaxed bunch. What do you do to relax away from the field so you're not thinking about baseball 24/7? I like I like playing video games. I like playing video games, and but I don't like playing baseball and video games. <laughs> so I play other games. Uh, I do like watch movies. Uh, I speak to my family on FaceTime a lot. Uh, my family back home, and and you know that's that's pretty much it. So since it's not baseball, what's your video games of choice right now? Uh, right now, I've been playing more uh, FIFA, which is soccer, and Fortnite. Yeah. Okay. And who's who competes with you in FIFA and Fortnite right now? Well, I, I play with some uh, some of my buddies back home, and and some of the guys, my old friends that are with different teams. Uh, I know Ziri likes to play Fortnite. We play a couple times uh, as well with Patino. That's not here. And, you know, um, yeah, but yeah, that's it. Well, here's to continued success on and off the field. We've enjoyed having you, and we continue to enjoy having you on and off the field. Thanks very much for a few minutes, Christian. Thank you guys for always having me and, and, and treating me good. That's Christian Bethencourt joining us on This Week in Race Baseball. We'll continue in just a moment with Doug Wechter of Valley Sports Sun. You're listening to This Week in Race Baseball on the Race Baseball Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we continue on this week in race baseball. We have 
appreciate the time of one Christian Bethancourt with us on the program and time now to talk about the week on by with Doug Wechter of Valley Sports on Doug. Thanks so much for being with us. Anytime, Neil, you know, I love coming on, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. And obviously this team has been on, you know, some kind of run to begin the season, but really this week was kind of the first bump in the road, which you would expect at some point in time, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, over the course of 162 games, you know, you're not going to win every one of them. That's obvious. Uh, you're also going to go through some highs and lows, no matter how good of a team you are. And uh, no matter where you end up, you know, in the postseason, throughout the process and throughout the way, there are going to be some ups and downs. Uh, I think the Rays did experience that for the first time. And, you know, no surprise that it came on the road in some tough spots. Look, New York is a very hard place to play in. Uh, Baltimore, you know, that's a team that is very good. We're not used to saying that over the last five, six years, but they are a very, very good team and lineup. Uh, and then the Mets, you know, the Mets, they, uh, it's just hard to play. They got a lot of talent on that field. And, um, you know, it was a little bit of, I would say not the road trip they wanted, but, you know, not shocking that they had to go through something like that. And all the losses they had were either one or two runs, so it's not like that they were that far away. I thought really a big contributing factor was the loss in the middle of the trip to do Rasmus. And what was your take on that? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, both with losing Drew and, and the game. But, boy, I'll tell you, you know, I, I think just emotionally for the team to have to deal with losing Rasmus and, you know, what he meant on the field um, and, and how good he has pitched up to this point in his career for the Tampa Bay Rays, but then off the field too. I mean, this guy is a, he's a leader and, and he's a guy that everybody loves having around. He's a guy who, you know, everybody looked forward to when he was taking the mound. They knew what kind of professional he was. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be a hard one to overcome. Uh, the Rays do such a good job of finding players that can fill in uh, and, and do their best with the circumstances given. But you never want to see an injury, especially to a starting pitcher like Drew. But unfortunately, that's what they're going to have to deal with. Let's look on the flip side of that. You know, the hope is is that Tyler Glasnow's start on Sunday for Durham is the last one before he returns to the Rays. How big a lift can he provide on the flip side of the loss of Rasmussen? Uh, enormous, right? I mean, coming into the season, you're just penciling him in at some point and just talking about how good he's going to be as an addition to the rotation. Now you're talking about him coming in and really needing him at the top of this rotation, you know, behind McClanahan, behind Eflin. Uh, they need to look for for Glass to go in there and pick up some big innings, have some good starts, and and really hit the ground running. Uh, this is a team that's going to be looking for him to, to go out every five days and dominate. You know, we, we've seen it in the past. There's no reason to think he can't. And I think just from the sound of it and, and listening to Glass now through all the interviews and and throughout this entire process, following him through the rehab, uh, he's chomping at the bit to get back. And so I fully anticipate him coming back, being excellent for the team, and really helping lift this team. You know, I, it's hard to say to another level because they've been playing so outstanding up to this point. But but to get a shot in the arm uh, in you know having basically a Cy Young contender being added to this rotation that. That's going to be very uplifting. It's going to be very good all around for Tampa Bay. And obviously it gives the Rays that one-two punch that I think they were hoping for at the beginning of the year with Shane McClanahan, who I thought uh, after his first rough start of the season in New York was really good on Friday. Yeah, I think Shane, one of his, um, you know, one of the biggest things with Shane is that 
he has so much pride in the way he pitches, and he's so good that you know when he does have a bad outing, uh, you can almost guarantee the next time out he's going to be excellent. Uh, and he has been excellent throughout you know this entire season. He did have that one rough one in New York, and you know he went to the drawing board, went back with Kyle Snyder. They're going to work their tails off and and really go out there and and do everything they can to improve. And that's what happened. I mean, the last time he threw. You know, he he got 15 swing and misses, right? He's back to where he needs to be with the whiff rate. You know, eight of them on the fastball telling you that the fastball is electric, and it's always been electric, but the biggest key was command. I mean, he got back into the zone, and I think he looked like he was he was commanding the zone for the first time all year like he did last year, even though, you know, he's obviously he's got such a stellar record and everything on paper looks great. I think this is the first time we've seen him absolutely dominate the strike zone like he has in the past. And that is a really good sign for Tampa when you got your ace rolling like that. It is. And I think another piece of this, too, is the guy who pitched the last game of the series in New York against the Mets. And that's Taj Bradley with Glass now back with McClanahan, hopefully now getting himself in a groove. It probably takes a lot of pressure off Taj Bradley, who's in his first real extended stay here in the big leagues. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, you want him to be as comfortable as possible, uh, you know, as comfortable as you can for a 22-year-old, right? He's going up as a rookie. All these things are brand new to him. And you don't want him to feel like he has to carry the team. And at this point, you know, that's not the feeling. It's more about him just getting reps at the major league level. We all can see how good this kid can be, right? You know, from the poise that he carries at such a young age uh, to his stuff. His stuff is electric. And so if you combine all that and then you allow him to go out there in a relaxed atmosphere or as relaxed as possible, uh, you know, that's where you're going to get the best out of Tosh Bradley. Uh, what you don't want to do is put this kid into a pressure situation where he feels like he has to go out there and be the guy. And thankfully, that's not the case here. Uh, he has some veteran guys in this rotation that he can, you know, bounce ideas off of and be mentored by. And, and that's key because, again, I mean, this kid has such a bright future. You just want him to, to go at his own pace and, and basically give him the ball every five days and, uh, you know, just tell him to go as long as he can. And uh, it looks like that's what, you know, the case will be. And that really is good for Taj. That's a perfect situation. And I think if you're able to settle things down, Doug, it also allows you to do some unique things. If, let's say, for instance, you have um, McClanahan, Glasnow, Eflin, and Bradley, um, whether it's a Josh Fleming or Yanni Chirinos at the back of the rotation, you're able to use the opener. If you've got two or three spots where you've got guys who are length and you're not quite sure about their starting situation, you, you can't be as uh, creative with your pitching staff. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, this one of the strengths of the Rays, one of the many strengths of the Rays, is their ability to navigate and match up with just about anybody. And, and that has to do with the opener strategy as well. You talk about the rotation. But you don't want to have to do that for, like you said, Neil, more than one time through the rotation. If you're going to the opener multiple times, well, it does a couple things. It, it really wears down the bullpen. Uh, but secondly, it, it just you don't have that, that rotation set that you want, you know, like you had going into the season. And so now that you're only having to do that maybe one time uh, every five days, uh, it's a big plus because, you know, again, the depth of this organization is one of the reasons that they are so good. And getting a guy like Tyler Glass now, getting, bringing up a guy like Taj Bradley and not feeling like you're losing too much, um, I mean, or, you know, especially with Glass now, feeling like you're now adding to this rotation, that's a big deal. Uh, it's a very big deal. And, 
you know, again, you don't want to wear down that bullpen too much. And I think this year we've seen it already that the starters are going deeper into the game. And so um, not having to go to that opener strategy more than once is, is, you know, it's clutch and it's key for the race. You kind of alluded to what I was going to get to, which is, you know, being able to settle the bullpen. I think a lot of the bullpen issues have dealt with the fact that the Rays had that four inning short start from McClanahan and then had to kind of backfill once the Rasmussen injury occurred. 100%. So every time you go out there and you have a short start by a, a true starter that you're anticipating picking up at least six or seven, you know, typically, first of all, the score isn't going to be ideal, right? Usually you're behind. That's the first thing everybody thinks of is, okay, well, you know, unfortunately they lost the game or it didn't go the way the Rays wanted to. But the bigger deal is wearing down that bullpen for the long term because now you got to work through the next three, four days and one bad start can create, you know, some issues moving forward with that bullpen. We've seen the bullpen get utilized a lot. Um, uh, they basically are, you know, top one or two of bullpen usage, you know, per innings pitched. Uh, a lot of that is because of the opener strategy, but still, I mean, that's, that's a lot of workload for a bullpen and they can get worn down quick and, you know, keeping those guys as fresh as possible throughout the entire season is going to be key because we all know the strength, uh, one of the biggest strengths, especially over the last four or five years for this team, has been the way that Kevin Cash utilizes the bullpen and matches that bullpen up with you know just about any other team. So to have that bullpen fresh, healthy, and not having to go in and cover five, six, seven innings a night, um, that's something that they got to focus on for the rest of the year because that, that's just the strategy they need is to you know keep that bullpen as fresh as possible throughout. I've got about a minute or so to go, Doug. Two guys I want to touch on on the bullpen, um, or a couple guys. First, getting Pete Fairbanks back and the bounce back he had on Friday. And then it looks like Jalen Beeks and Colin Poche are looking much more like themselves in the pen. How much does that help? Well, I'll start with the lefties. You know, Colin Poche was, has been a big deal and has picked up some big innings for the Rays. So you can put him in any big situation and feel good about it now that he's back in the strike zone. And, you know, him throwing strikes is going to be key, especially up at the top of the zone with that fastball, letting it ride, and then coming behind it with the breaking ball down, you know, pitching vertically. Uh, so that's good to see Poche back and, and feeling confident. And, you know, the same thing with Beeksy. He's so good. His stuff is so good. You just got to keep him in the zone, and I think he's bounced back. And another guy who's gotten his confidence back, I think he had a couple of rough outings there. Uh, but every every major leaguer, every bullpen guy does that, and to be able to bounce back is one of the hardest things, and he did it correctly and, and did it well. So good to have those two lefties going. We need those lefties uh, healthy and ready to roll at any point in time. And then Fairbanks on the other side, I mean, this guy's huge, right? Uh, the bounce back outing was great to see, but we all know what he can bring to the table. We need Pete Fairbanks in the game to shorten that game up you know, at least by one inning. It's such an added benefit to have a guy like Pete at the back end of that bullpen to know that you can pencil in the ninth inning anytime it's a tight game or you're ahead. And you know that now the game becomes eight innings to work through and navigate through. So to have Pete back is enormous. And to have really that bullpen firing all cylinders is uh, it's a big deal for the race. Doug, good stuff. Have a good call today. And we appreciate some time. Okay. Thanks, buddy. We certainly appreciate the time of Doug Wechter of Bally Sports Sun. Let's transition from talking primarily about pitching to the hitting side of things with race hitting coach Chad Matola. And Chad, let's start with maybe what's impressed you most about what the Rays have done offensively so far this season. 
just the way they're feeding off each other. It's not really one guy. It's uh, basically all 13, so you can't even say the nine guys in the lineup. But just the way they're taking accountability with the quality of at-bats and kind of working with each other and recognize it amongst the group, it's making our jobs a lot easier and just almost staying out of the way lately. How rare is that? Because obviously you've been with a number of teams, but you also observe other clubs, too, to have a group where they are that together and that in tune. Uh, It's a special time right now for sure. The length of it usually go through a couple weeks or a week of, you know, three guys carrying you, but the way they're feeding off each other, it's very promising that it it can be long-term. Obviously, there's going to be some lulls in the season, but the fact that we have some video or some thoughts to go back on when those times show up, that's more important. And you mentioned 13, the fact that you can go a day where Randy or Wander don't have a hit, or Yandy doesn't play, and you still can find a way to score not three or four runs, but seven or eight runs, that kind of stands out too. That's the key, is the, the guy that is, whether it's Randy or Yandy or Wander, that, that's really off to the hot start, they don't feel like they have to press to make those results happen. When the all one through nine of that day are doing things, you can take those close pitches, you can accept the walk knowing that the, your teammate can pick you up. The thing that stands out just watching them, and Andy and I have talked about it during the course of the season, is the ability to work counts and stay in the strike zone. I know that was an emphasis in spring training, but it's one thing to emphasize, but you guys have been so good at it. Yeah, I'd love to tell you. I just told you they were going to do it, and they just listened to me. But just even the quality at bats of Verlander last night, Bilal had had that nine-pitch at bat later in the inning. Paredes hits the home run. Those are the things that you notice and give them credit for, even though Bilal ended up striking out. You just the mental fatigue, the physical fatigue it puts on the pitcher long term. I mean, Verlander made some quality pitches last night that we laid off. That that was fun to watch and be a part of. How hard is that, you know, as a group to do? It's one thing, hey, we, here's our game plan. And you guys have, it seemingly followed game plans and grinded at bats and it seems like every time we look up, 90 pitches are on the starter in the fifth inning or something like that. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things of individualizing their approach, trying to get guys to understand that, whether it's the drill package, whether it's conversation in game on the iPad, things like that. And that's what we're getting better at overall. Dan Brady and myself is figuring out how to get the individual to understand that, not just one blanket message. Since you brought up Dan and Brady, last year was the first year you really worked with them at the big league level. How much did that year help for this year in terms of that collective group approach? It's the same thing as the players. Everybody is better with a year experience. Um, it's At the big league level, there's a lot going on on the field, off the field, that you can't really explain or can't really go through it till you go through it or understand it till you go through it so it's one of those things everybody's got a year more experience including myself on how to handle certain things so it's nothing but a positive. Yandi is finally getting some national attention for what he does as a leadoff hitter for what he does for this team what does it mean do you think? I've given him credit all these years of just the quality of that bat. Now there's some power mixed in there. We don't want to lose what he does well of seeing the baseball, the swing decisions. We're willing to accept a little bit of give and take in the power with that going away. But I just, I think he's always provided stability for us when we haven't had it. Now we have it. Now it's almost put him in a whole nother level. For him to hit with power and not sacrifice average, how rare is that and how difficult is it? Well, and then plus he's kind of pushing the limits a little bit on a nightly basis to see what he can get to. And that's been the fun part of of 
letting him know these mistakes may happen here and there, but look at the upside you're showing and what your ceiling can be and let the rest of the baseball world see how he good how good he is. Does the quality of his at-bat, do you think it's now rubbed off to some of the younger players just in terms of maybe approach? They can't do exactly what Yandy does, but it, for their own individualized approach. That's for sure. It's one thing for us to say it, but when they see a guy actually do it, whether it's in his drill package, whether it's practice, whether it's just sitting back and watching the pitcher work and ways to get him out, it, you get to see the pitcher's whole arsenal usually in the first at-bat, which is nice for everybody to see because the way pitchers are evolving now in the different labs of breaking balls and things like that, that's very underappreciated also of, of seeing what the guy's going to do that night. Who's made, everyone's made jumps. Who's made the biggest jump that you've seen that, that you know, to your eyes, not to the fans' eyes? I think it's pretty obvious. The, the, the Walsey and the J-Lo and even Rayleigh, I mean, we can go on and on the way the guys have improved, but they're, they, they made real mechanical and mental adjustments after a year of failure and a credit to them they didn't take a failure as a bad thing they took it as an opportunity to learn and that's what we expressed even all through it last year is these are all not things you can usually fix within the season you want to survive and then work on them in the off season and a credit to them they they took advantage of that failure I want to get to those three but how much has it helped that you've had this stability at the top you know Randy Wander Bilau Yandi have been healthy so that they haven't felt the need to be near the top of the order and have to produce in some way, shape, or form like that. I don't want to take away anything those three guys have done. Those other guys for sure have improved too, but the, the, the way they handled their failure last year of experiencing that for the first time in their life and took it and, like I said, turned it into a positive and an opportunity to learn, that's, that's the fun part. So walk me through each guy individually. Walls, then J-Lo, then Rayleigh. What have they each done approach but also physically that you think has been most impressive that's a tough one to explain without video and understanding terminology and the language they use each guys have made pretty big adjustments in their in their mechanics and are continuing to grow both in the mental side and the approach side so it's one of these things that i could tell you but it would take a long time to with explanations and video to show the the changes they've made and they're pretty dramatic changes in a short period of time. They've also done better with velocity. How hard is that to do and does that have to do more with physical adjustments or mental? Well unfortunately the gap between AAA and the big leagues pitching wise velocity is huge right now and that's what's tough on the young guys coming up is they're seeing the consistent velo that they've never seen their whole life. So they don't know how to make the adjustments because they've never experienced. So we can say it all we want, but when they're having all that success in AAA, you kind of accept that they're going to do what they did their whole life and try almost to send them to failure so they can say, okay, I'm humbled now, I'm willing to change. But when you're having a ton of success, you you don't want guys to change. So there's a fine balance there. There's one guy that I think probably, I don't know if he gets underrated with the group because of the growth of those left-handed batters and switch hitters that you mentioned. But Isak Paredes' growth, it seems like he has taken his game even a step further from where he was last year. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Add him to the list, but I don't want to undersell what he did last year. I mean, he, he had a great year last year, so it's just getting a little more consistent on a nightly basis. And the thing that's tough is we have to almost have a rotation going. Years past, we had some platoon advantages. Right now, that doesn't really exist. Everybody is just almost in a spring training rotation because they're all playing so well. So we're asking guys to be more consistent, but we're not playing them as consistent as their 
performance dictates. So it's one of those things, again, as coaches, as staff, we have to balance. Well, you also never face any left-handed starting pitching, too. I mean, that kind of does make it a little harder if you're trying to get platoon advantages when you're always facing righties. Well, that's a unique part of baseball. When you think you have it figured out, it'll teach you something new, or we'll go in runs where I'm sure we'll see 10 of 12 lefties all of a sudden. But that we don't pay attention to as, as much as we can't control that. So kind of ride as it goes. How impressive has the overall just work been of the group um, as to what they've done and the, the consistency of it? Because it's not easy to be – it's one thing to have good days, but you guys have had, put them together day by day by day. Well, I think this is day eight or day seven in New York, so that's a little bit of a grind to and from the field and things like that. So just being able to maintain the energy for this whole trip, the – both series of the Yankees were exhausting for me, and I didn't do anything physically. And that was with comments, then come here and have a, another big crowd in New York atmosphere. Like I said, to and from the field, our bus ride with traffic. There's all these things weigh on you throughout a just one road trip alone. But that's the impressive part. These guys have, have kept the effort at a high level and kept their intensity high and the attention to detail. And one other thing I wanted to touch on, because I think it, it, it's probably you haven't had to use it as much, but the athleticism and speed that you guys have from your position players, how much does that actually help the guys at the plate? Well, that's what making adjustments in your mechanics do because you're an athlete. You can contort your body. You can ask it to repeat different moves. You want to self-organize to a point, but you also want to make adjustments in path or whether it's a load or things like that. And when you're athletic as these guys are, it, it makes it a little easier to do. So maybe it doesn't show up in speed running, but it definitely shows up in the adjustments they made. And I was mentioning too, I, I guess I was also referring to the threat of the stolen base. You guys have not, because you've scored so many runs, you haven't had to steal. When you get a Siri on, when you get a Wander on, when you get a Randy on, the threat of that, does that allow maybe guys to see an extra fastball or two here and there or get them in better counts potentially? Yeah, or it speeds up the pitcher's delivery out of the stretch. It may alter his mechanics. So those things may go unnoticed sometimes. But it's like I said, it's the B-Lau 9 pitch at bat. It's the Yandi fatiguing at bat to wander. You know, it's just everything all adding up definitely contributes all little parts been a lot of fun to watch let's hope it continues for a while chad thanks for a few minutes on this week in race baseball all right sounds good neil thanks appreciate the time of race hitting coach chad matola on the program today coming up we'll hear from one of the strength and conditioning coaches of the race that's joey greeny thanks so much for listening to this week in race baseball this is the race baseball network when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We continue on this week in race baseball, and we're joined right now by one of the race strength and conditioning coaches, Joey Greeny. And Joey, appreciate a few minutes. Neil, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. The Rays are in the midst of 29 games in 30 days. So, how much do you have to change, and the staff have to change what they do when you have a stretch like this, where there are so few days off? 
Yeah, it's tough. Uh, baseball is very unique. It's unlike any other sport. You know, these guys are playing every single day. You know, they're taking ground balls. They're taking batting practice every single day. So it's important that we manage their strength and power levels, you know, throughout the course of a season. Uh, we do that in in different ways. Uh, you know, hydration is very important. So we work closely with our nutritionist, uh, our medical team, sports science department, and our biomechanist. And we all work together uh, each and every day to provide these guys with the, uh, you know, appropriate workloads, uh, staying on top of their sleep, their hydration, their recovery, um, and just putting them in the best possible position physically to come out and win a ball game each and every day. So there's really a lot of measurables that you guys will look at in terms of what you can put on somebody on a given day. There are. There are. Um, there's a few that we, we do from the sports si- science side of things. Uh, we like using... Uh, different jump protocols and we're able to uh, use these uh, objective uh, data and uh, be able to track them uh, throughout the week and and throughout the month and the season um, just kind of see where their their readiness levels are and then we're able to prescribe workouts based on objective feedback that we get Uh, but then also at the same time too we got to keep into consideration that you know these guys are human beings also uh, so developing that trust and a relationship with each and every player uh, is also very important uh, when when prescribing uh, certain workouts so let's look at it from a position player side first because those are the guys who may be playing more frequently in terms of an everyday player do you put more on a player on a day he's not starting or how do you kind of balance the workload for for let's say a position player yeah, position players are tough. Uh, we, we like to track their top speed sprints during the game. Uh, if they're not exposed to high speed sprinting, we like to bring them out uh, prior to the game and make sure we expose their body, their hamstrings, their legs to high speed sprints. Um, but throughout the season, we like to we like to micro dose our training. So it's just small, consistent workouts over time. Uh, and we like to tell our guys to be uh, you know, to be obsessed with the um, with the consistency of uh, you know day in day out uh, workload and training. So, um, but yeah, position players are very unique, and we just got to keep them motivated and manage their strength and power levels. Are bullpen guys similar to position players in the fact that they could be playing almost any day, and they have to be prepared for it, and you have to make sure they're prepared for it in that same way? Yeah, absolutely. So there's that fine line between you know, workload, but also applying enough stress to promote, uh, you know, explosive power or strength. So you got to kind of find that sweet spot and that balance. Relievers also fit into the, uh, into that category of trying to find that perfect balance between, you know, what is enough, what is too much. Um, and each and every player is differently. Uh, they respond to stress different. They respond to training and games different. Uh, so we have to know our players and know where they're at and know when to push them, know when to back off. How generally is it different from, let's say, the type of workouts you do for a starter versus a reliever? Because the starter is pitching every five days, the reliever may be pitching every day or three out of four or three in a row or or back-to-backs, whatever it may be. Yeah, so starters, I would say um, they're probably a little bit easier in terms of they have a set routine every five days or it could possibly be six days if there's an off day. Uh, so they're pretty easy to program and plan for. Relievers, on the other hand, um, you know, as well as the position players, more of a roller coaster. Um, so it's about just keeping their strength levels high, managing their, their strength and power through some of the objective data that we have, uh, you know, as well as 
conditioning, but uh, but adjusting training. Uh, you know, as we go, you know, we could have a plan all set up, but then we scrap that plan because the player, you know, maybe threw, uh, you know, more pitchers than we than we than we thought he was going to throw that day. Um, so we can we're always able to adjust. You mentioned uh, with position players, you're looking at top sprinting speed. That's one thing that you look at. What do you look at with pitchers in trying to make sure that you do everything to keep them as strong and as fit and as healthy as possible? Yeah, so with pitchers, we like to uh, communicate with Kyle Snyder, our pitching coach, uh, also with our biomechanist, um, <clears throat> and we can track their stride length uh, during each outing. Um, our biomechanist does a great job uh, with that, so we'll be able to get a report from her um, through uh, each guy's outing. Um, we're able to track their jump numbers in the gym um, and, and some other uh, technology that we use um, that tracks bar speed and, and strength and power levels. Um, so that's kind of the things that we try to look at, uh, see how many times they're up in the bullpen and down if they haven't get in the game. So we, we keep an eye on that um, and just kind of monitor the workload throughout the season. You mentioned the trust level that you've got to establish. How much of that is, for instance, based on the relationship that you already have and how much easier is it when you've got as many guys returning this year as you have? Yeah, so I think I think it's a little bit easier when you work with a player uh, for multiple years. Um, the organization does a great job of um, you know staying behind us, the coaches, the staff, and kind of letting us uh, do the things necessary to help these guys improve their performance. So we get a uh, you know a great, un- unbelievable um, uh, support from the front office, from ownership, and and on down, um, and that allows us to be free and to, do, to work with these players, develop their trust, develop the relationships. But it's, it, you know, it's, it's very important um, to, to establish that trust, especially when we're with these guys day in, day out, um, and, you know, and, and season after season. And we can just con- continue to build year after year with a lot of these players that we have. In contrast, you do have some guys who came over recently, like Jake Diekman or you had Zach Littell for a stretch here. How difficult is it to establish that relationship kind of midstream when you don't have a spring training? And what types of things do you kind of key on to finding a program that works for that player? Yeah, so it gets tricky, especially when they show up mid-afternoon and they could be pitching that night. So uh, you can, you tend to just uh, introduce yourself to them, uh, you know, find out what they like to do, what don't like they do, um, kind of watch them move on and off the field. Uh, establish uh, some knowledge and, and base level knowledge on each, each of the new players coming in. Um, and then, you know, over the course of days and weeks and months, uh, you continue to grow and build that relationship uh, and continue to motivate them and get them to do some things necessary to improve strength and power. When you get to a stretch like this of 29 games in 30 days, do you find yourself having to get guys to pull back? A little bit and not try and do too much or having to find a way to to push them so they get through a period like this and and how do you find that balance yeah that's it's very tough and I guess it, you know that comes down to having a feel for your team feel for the pitching staff feel for your position players and and just know when when they need to be pushed and when they when you need to back off and and give them a, you know a lighter workout or uh, you know a light conditioning sessions so we you know Again, it's the season's like a roller coaster ride, so you're constantly adjusting and using the art of coaching and um, you know making adjustments when necessary. Is what you do in May different a lot from what you do in September? Just because guys have now been through five or six months versus they're in the second month of a hopefully a six or even seven month season. 
Yeah, so we like to tell guys, you know, you know, if a farmer, say if a farmer is looking out his, at his field, his crops, and wondering where the crops are in October or September and October, he's got to ask himself, what did I do in April, May, June, July to grow these crops? So same thing for the players. You know, we want these players, we want their legs feeling fresh in, um, you know, September and October, and they have to ask themselves, okay, what am I doing in April, May, and June to make sure my body's prepared uh, and strong enough to, uh, you know, to turn it on at the end to help the team win um, late in the season and in the postseason. So, um, you know, we just you just got to keep guys motivated and and keep them, you know, uh, you know, strong and throughout the year. And generally, uh, this group has a reputation for being a together group, but also a pretty hard working group. Do you get the same, uh, I guess, when it comes to the weight room? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Kevin, you know, props go to Kevin Cash with the, you know, the way he. He uh, manages the team and runs the clubhouse and creates the camaraderie uh, that these players have. But uh, yeah, absolutely, the way they carry themselves in the cage, in the training room, in the weight room, um, you know, you kind of want it to be uh, unified, um, you know, throughout the whole clubhouse. And, uh, you know, that's what we see. We have a, gr a great group of guys. We have a great uh, scouting department, front office, uh, analytical department. Uh, you know, it's an amazing, amazing place to work uh, each and every day. Um, and, you know, we just uh, keep it rolling. And because of the fact that you're working with individuals, do you see guys, do, is it more individual basis, or do you see, let's say, in groups, whether it's starting pitchers or relief pitchers, that guys push one another, too, in the weight room? Yeah, um, guys are very competitive on the team, especially our pitching staff, and they tend to push one another uh, in the weight room and in the conditioning sessions. Uh, same, same as the position players. You know, we'll have a position player jumping on the jump mat, Another position player is looking over there, and they'll come over, and they, you know, they want to beat them. These guys are, you know, highly competitive athletes. Uh, you know, they're best in the world, and they're very, uh, you know, they're elite at what they do, um, and you know, they feed on each other. Well, Joey, good stuff. Hopefully, they continue to feed on each other and uh, keep them strong and healthy throughout. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. Special thanks to Joey Greeny, one of the Rays' strength and conditioning coaches, as well as all of our guests on the program today. Catcher Christian Bethencourt as well as Doug Wechter from Valley Sports Sun and also Rays hitting coach Chad Matola for his insight and the great success the Rays are having offensively. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me at Rays Radio or at Neil Solons. Next week, we'll hear from Brandon Lau and a whole lot more. Thanks today to Jason Berger back in our network studios, plus on-site assistance from Chris Miller, Becca Carney, Parker Welsh, and Alex Fuse. I'm Neil Solon. Stay tuned. The pregame show is coming up. The Rays looking for a sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers on this Sunday afternoon. Thanks so much for being with us. You've been listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Breaking ball lifted to the air. Way up there. Into right field and deep. Judge is going back towards the corner at the wall. Gone! And the Rays jump in front 4-1. If you missed any of the show, catch it at RaysBaseball.com slash radio.